Hi, my name is Rick Simon, author of the book, Living with Multiple Sclerosis, 11 Lessons I Learned About Overcoming Obstacles. The book is full of lessons I've learned by living with multiple sclerosis since 1982. It might help you overcome your obstacles. It's on Amazon. But today, I'm your co-host filling in for Sean Wingrave for this episode of YEGMS. Today, I had a conversation with Grace Fedoritz. We talked about how she found out she had MS, how she dealt with it over the years, how COVID-19 is affecting her, and some advice for people who may have recently been diagnosed. Hi, Grace. How are you? I'm good. Hi. We all have stories, um, which I, I don't use the story to mean that it's not true. We all have experiences with MS. And for those of us that have MS, we all have a different way that we found out that we have it. Can you, do you want to tell us about how you found out you have MS? Well, first to begin with, I didn't even know what MS was. So when I first had symptoms, I had uh, numbness in my swelling in my right arm because I worked in an accounting office and I couldn't punch on the calculator. So then I uh, went to my doctor and he gave me Voltaren for inflammation, but he said, how was my eyesight? And I said, just fine. Well, within a week's time, I lost the central vision of my eye. I had optic neuritis. So, and my general physician, right from the start, he, 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 when he observed me, he thought that he was pretty sure that I have MS, but he said, I will send you to a neurologist to see you know, what is happening. So I went to this neurologist and well, and he put me on, um, did these eye evoke tests. And then he put me on um, um, this, what you call it, prednisone for six weeks to bring down okay. the inflammation in that. And after that, my vision did come back. And I, and, and I never had optic neuritis since then. So they told me to come back in a year's time, but he didn't say, didn't say if I have MS or anything. So when I went back in a year's time, well, this neurologist lost all my records and I wasn't too happy about it. So I went back to my general physician and so he sent me to another neurologist. And from there, that's when I had a spinal tap done and an MRI and it was conclusive that I have MS. So that was way back in, well, 85 was the first time symptoms in 86, 1986 when I was diagnosed. So that's how my story started. So 85 and 86, that's a long yeah. time ago. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm a dinosaur at this already. <laughs> You're doing well for, for how long it is since you've been diagnosed. So we all have a story like that. I was actually diagnosed a lot quicker than you. I don't know why. Just I had I had two relapses within about six weeks of each other, so okay. kind of got people's attention. And then mm -hmm. I went to a doctor that might not have been very reputable, but I could get in quickly. A neurologist. So I he told me that I had a ninety. There was a ninety-five percent chance that I had MS. And when I asked to see if you know are there other tests we could do to 
to make sure. Um, what he told me was that um, the test was it was an autopsy, so I chose not to go for that. Oh, okay. Because you kind of have to be dead to have an autopsy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So. But the thing is, I didn't. But I, the thing is, I didn't even know what MS was because I grew up like on a farm and and uh, fifty miles northeast of Edmonton. So I didn't even know what MS was. So my neurologist sent me to the MS Society, and I because I wanted to know as much as possible about MS because I di I didn't have a clue what it was. Right. Yeah. Right. So you know. Actually, the, the people I talked to in our in our MS group and you know myself. And others, oftentimes when when we get the diagnosis, we don't really know what it is. Yeah, I I had heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. And when I was diagnosed in in uh, in 1982, you know, you couldn't go online and Google it. <laughs> you had to get Ooh. some pamphlets from somewhere. Yeah. So when you're looking for information, it was kind of the same story. They gave me some pamphlets from the MS Society, and um, so. I've heard other people say that that being told to go Google Google MS is not necessarily the best approach either, because mm. there's a whole bunch of stuff out there that may or may not be true about it. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So how did how did things go from there for you? Like that was your first. That was my first episode, and actually, I really didn't have anything for years and years, and. Um, obviously I, I was still working yet full time yet till 1989, but then the fatigue had set in, like I'd get really tired cause I worked in an accounting office. So I worked a lot of long hours with personal income tax. Right. So then my neurologist said I couldn't work full time. So I went to part time, but at that, I couldn't work in the accounting office. I could only they wouldn't hire part-time. So then I was doing bookkeeping three times a week. I was going to certain places to work over, over the years. So you didn't, so your, your employer didn't do anything to accommodate for the fact that you had MS? Uh, no, they, my employer, the, the, the last CA firm I had, they had a insurance plan where I can get partial disability insurance. Okay. So I get that while I still work part-time. So they just offset whatever you make. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, they, they, they couldn't compensate me to work there. So, yeah. But I mean, I was still getting, I get partial disability insurance and then wherever I work, I get work, that part too. I get right. paid for. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so they weren't, they weren't going to help you work there. They were going to accommodate that, but you did have insurance that helped pay the expenses. That's correct. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, and then, so you you said you, you've worked a few days a week since then. Are you still working part-time? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I'm still working two days a week, but our business where I'm working at this bookkeeping place then might be for sale. Well, I also had a job at home where I was doing bookkeeping too. For, for nine years, but then they moved to a different accountant and accounting firm there. So they had their own bookkeeper there. So I lost that job two years ago. So, but okay. at least I have still one yet. 
but okay. I'll find something else. I'm not, I'm not giving up. Right. So, right. Yeah. I, I like to be as active as possible and then not be, be active, not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, so, so how has, other than having to work part-time and I heard you say that you are tired a lot. So yeah. I hear fatigue. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's by the end of the day. Like the mornings are good for me. See, like I went ice fishing today. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. 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 And one of the things they, they talk about for people with MS is to kind of figure out what works best for you. My that's morning, right. my mornings are often not good. Um, I, I, because I have difficulty with sleeping at night. So, so, um, if I haven't slept the night before, then like I did this morning after my wife goes to work, I, um, I often go back to bed for an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that was why I didn't want to schedule us to, to speak first thing in the morning. Morning. Oh, okay. Um, but okay. I, I know that different people have different ways of dealing with it and and if getting up in the morning and and uh you know doing your activities then works best for you that's what they say yes. that you should do right that's right yeah so i i know i went through a stage where i used to also when i was when i was still working because i was working up until two years ago um and um, i would often like I'd, I'd have to keep going while i was at work but when I came home, I would often have a nap after supper before. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then, yeah. you know, wake up and do some more stuff in the evening. Um, mm -hmm. But I was tired out. So and fatigue is one of the big things that we all have to deal with. That's right. Yeah. But I, I tend to, I was involved with uh, exercise programs like yoga and chair Zumba. Right. And this helps to keep my strengths up. And it also you get to meet other people. I mean, some of them are people with MS. Right. But most of them aren't. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and then I do bowling where we had other people with MS. So that helped. And right. And so how long have you been doing that sort of thing? With the... Uh, bowling, for example, I know bowling with the ms society yeah, yeah a couple of years already yeah okay, okay. yeah it was once but there was a lot of years a in between there what kind of things did you do what did you do to help deal with what you had to deal with because of ms well i also uh i have uh, bladder issues so i've uh if i've had to have i have taken botox so that is something that uh helps me to keep me, you know, as, as functional as possible. But uh, I've also went on a few different studies with MS because okay. I, 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 I chose to be a guinea pig for all of these <laughs> studies. So cool. I, yeah, so I had the exoskeleton a couple years ago with the uh, Glen Rose, not the, yeah, the Glen Rose Hospital. And there was a study done there, but usually they give that for people with spinal spinal injuries. But uh, I went on this exoskeleton and I so, found that my walking was helped quite a bit, but you know, it's just a study that was being held. So. So what um, was that? 
It's a, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like a robot uh, harness thing that they, they uh, hook you up to. And then okay. they have, yeah, and then it has, and then it has for your legs and it helps to move your legs. So it lifts up your, your feet. Okay. Yeah. So you're not like drop foot. Yeah. So I was doing quite well with it, but you know, it was just a study. And so they don't have it available for people with MS. And if you wanted to buy this machine, it's like $40,000 US. So oh, most of us can't afford that. No, not really. Yeah. So. Okay. And then I was on a study uh, with a neurologist. Well, actually, which is through Red Gear, it was on a peptide one. This was way back in 2007. I'm not sure if you remember that study. But anyways, I went on that study. I don't uh, remember it. So yeah. what was it? it? Well, this study was using, it, it, it had a number. Uh, this peptide was a BM something. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a two-year study. And there was, you were either on the drug or the placebo. Right. And after two years, I was told I was on the drug. But when I was on this study, and you also had an MRI done twice, and you would come every three months, and um, and I found out I was on the drug. And I was able to walk like a whole football field without even dragging my foot, because my right leg is the one that's mostly affected with the MS. Right. And, but then it's this this study was done worldwide and it was inconclusive saying it did it, it, it uh, a lot of people said it, it that it didn't help so but for me it did but it wasn't made available so because okay. being the study was canceled so which but I mean at least I tried yeah I, for I, sure. yeah so but mm -hmm. I find also I do um, massage usually maybe once a month that helps like with the stiffness and the legs and the that you get and also the spinal night networking to help with the gait okay yeah yeah so spinal and, uh, networking how does the, how yeah does it's work? like as a chiropractor but the spinal networking is where they do it's touch on your spine okay and they just this, this chiropractor just touches you on the spine and 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 uh you yourself, it, it sends signals to your brain and it starts to get as to which areas you're having problems with. Okay. On your body. Yeah. It really helped, but he's, he's retired here since <laughs> with this coronavirus. Yeah. He's kind of shut down. Yeah. Right. But I, so but he's I'm retired doing... or he's shut down permanently or just for. No, I think just permanently he shut down. Yeah. Okay. I think he's doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also take physiotherapy. That helps with the okay. strength. Yeah. And it helps. Yeah. I've been taking that for the last two months. So. so have you tried any alternative medicine approaches? Um, no, no. Well, I okay. was, I, the only medication I ever was on was, uh, um, Baclofen. I was on it for years and years, but actually they've taken me off of it because they said I don't have muscle spasms. So okay. I'm not on it at all. So I'm really not on any therapy drugs with MS because there really right. isn't anything. I over the years I've been from remitting, relapsing to secondary, not uh, yeah, secondary progressive MS, just slowly progressing, right? But at a very slow pace, right? Yeah, similar similar to me, uh, and it seems like 
just when a medication comes out for the phase that I'm that I was in, I moved to the next phase. So oh. <laughs> they don't want to give it, you know, all the most of or almost all of the disease modifying therapies now are for relapsing remitting MS. And I've I have secondary progressive like you. Just yeah, just like me, yeah. 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 So but 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 they have for primary progressive, they've have a few drugs, but nothing for secondary they have progressive. A few, and they they have some for act actually they have some now that uh, uh, at the MS Connect conference. Yeah, I, yeah. They talked I about, didn't catch yeah. They talked about three I, different drugs that are that are now or it was it was in the one of the studies that they had it looked at three different drugs, which I think was on the list of approved um, um, medications for Canada, that there were three, but it had to be active secondary progressive MS. I'm not sure what the distinction there is, but obviously I, I went and had a had a MRI done recently um, to see if I would qualify for it to be part of a study, but I had to have active MS and the study, the MRI came back showing that it, my MS was not active. So I can't participate in the study. Now I could lament the fact that I can't, can't uh, participate in the study or I could rejoice in the fact that my MS is inactive. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, what, what do they consider active? I'm not sure how they measure it, but I mm. think they, they, I think, again, from so, some of the stuff I saw at MS Connect, I think there's a way they can look at the, at the MRI. And if they see certain things, it indicates that, that your MS is active and other things indicate that it's not active. So it may be just, it may be as to where the lesions are in the brain or in the yeah, spine. Yeah. I got a sense that it was more kind of what they looked like. Um, okay. They look a certain way if they're active, because it's not like they have different. Like they didn't have a, another MRI to compare to, so they couldn't see that things had changed. But it, um, I can say from from what I saw at MS Connect, it looked like they had a way to kind of look at at the brain matter and say this is the lesion and this isn't the lesion lesion and this act this lesion is active and that one isn't. Okay. So they could could somehow tell. Um, and it may also be related to the rate of change of your symptoms. Um, and mine, like yours, are very slow. And I'm, ha I'm yeah. grateful for that. Yeah. Um, That's a plus for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But two years ago, I, uh, well, I was on a sit for, sit for less study that okay. was at the university. Yeah, and they were saying, you know, like, because they had this Fitbit that they hooked up to your uh, uh, belt. Okay. Yeah, and so you wore this thing, and uh, yeah, well, I was one of the guinea pigs from the start there, and they said, oh, you're so active, you, you don't even need one of these Fitbit. Then my son bought me for Christmas that same year, so I've had it for two years, and it really helps to having a Fitbit because it, it, has, it gives you an incentive to get up and move around. Right. No, because it, it will beep on me because, I mean, I have it set for 7,000 steps, but most times I have over 10,000 a day. Right. You know? But it also, you know, and then and to get up your heart rate, too, because according to that MS conference, it's supposed to have at least 15 minutes a day of 
strenuous aerobics, you know. Right. So, so I know when my my heartbeat is up because it tells me on my Fitbit that right. I've done so many uh, strenuous, you know, and especially I did use a walk. I used to walk with a cane, but now I walk with two walking poles, and that gives you more stability for balance and that, and okay. also. It, it gets your heart rate up when you're moving with two st- walking poles. Okay. Yeah, I find. Yeah. So. Okay. But I um, learned that from the CRISP program that I took right. a couple years ago. To take so, these so, walking. so did, so when you tried the Fitbit, it picked up your steps? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Today I have 4,700 4, steps already. Cool, cool. Yeah, but seven thousand is but seven thousand is my goal every day to begin right. with. But usually it's more than that. But I haven't gone for my walk today, just to ice fishing, <laughs> too right. far. Yeah. Right. So I um, I tried a Fitbit, and yeah. the problem that I, that I had is because my gait is as messed up as it is, it oh, doesn't okay. detect my steps. No. So oh, okay. So it, it doesn't help that much. Actually, I use the Fitbit app to help me track exercise. It doesn't obviously measure my steps, but I use it for timing. So if I go for a walk, I want to walk for a certain length of time. Right. And, and the Fitbit helps. The Fitbit app on my on my phone, yeah. sort of when I, I press it when I want it to start, and ch- it tells me every five minutes that I've walked how far I've walked. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Not very accurate with the distances, but it's great for keeping track of how long I've, I've walked. Yeah. What, I, what I used to do is walk for say 20 minutes and then I go somewhere and then I'd walk back. So however long the idea was to get about 40 minutes worth of walking. Right. Um, and all, but also to push myself a little bit to try and get back within the 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Because yeah. as I walk, yeah. I get more tired. Yeah. And uh, so that was that was something that I did um, at one stage. I'm I'm afraid to go out and walk in the snow and ice, so I don't do that as much. Um, but I've actually started walking without any aids in the house. Oh, okay. It's kind of boring. It's walking back and forth over the same, you know. Same pathway. <laughs> Same pathway over and over again. But I, yeah. if I get my however many minutes in, uh, hey, it's it's actually that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, you do what mm. you can. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any advice for people that maybe maybe have MS and just found out they have, or someone who knows someone who has MS and do you have any advice? Oh, well, they should talk to someone that's had MS for a long time. Because <laughs> usually you can pick, you usually can get a lot of advice from them. Or I, I would also say to, well, now with the MS Society, with this coronavirus, they can't get a hold of. But there's also like an MS chat. They can get to get to meet people online and they can help them with, you know, when they're newly diagnosed, you know someone yep. to talk to right you know, yeah if it's by phone or by zoom or whatever yeah or join the ms society because usually they have lots of information 
because that's how I found out when I was first diagnosed. They right. gave me a lot of info. So, yeah. And they're not meeting people in person, but they're still available if you want to reach out to them. And that's correct. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, by phone or by by email, whatever. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. to help people and to send yeah. information that can be helpful for the questions yeah. that you have. Yeah. The good thing about their information is you know that it's has some it's reputable. That's right. <laughs> Whereas yeah. there's lots of people out there that are telling you that they have a cure or that their diet works and, and will cure your MS yeah. or that their exercise program will cure your MS or that their pills or concoctions will cure your MS. Yeah. And yeah. and um or their operation will cure your MS. Yes. <laughs> and I've done some of those things and it didn't cure my MS, although some of them did seem to help at times. Kind of like the studies that you were part of that seemed to help you. Yeah. But uh, but they didn't get approved. Yeah. Well, I was also, I had a walk aid that I used for the longest time because it was a foot drop. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was using that, but then then I was told that it wasn't as useful after a while. So I don't know, but something, but uh, but uh, yeah, I used the walk aid for quite a few years. So was it so, just like a brace, or was it something that actually helped it, you? It's it, well, it's it's strapped just below your knee. This yeah. walk aid, and yeah, and it has electrodes, and so when you walk, it it stimulates your foot to lift your foot up because I would have drop foot. I would trip and fall. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this, this is what we, we this share walkie that experience. Helped. Yeah. 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 But the guy that invented this walkie, he just passed away. Does Dr. Stein. Oh, really? Yeah. With the coronavirus. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was at the general hospital there. Yeah. And he got the coronavirus, but yeah, he was the one that invented this walkie. Yeah. So it sounds like you've tried a lot of different things. Yeah, and I, I, I think if I, for somebody that's newly diagnosed, I would say be as active as possible and don't let it put you down. Like put it on kind of on the back. I mean, I know it's there, but continue with your life as much as possible. Don't let it overturn you, like bring you down. Because that's right. what I've done for the last 35 years. I... I don't let it get to me. No. So. Yeah, I think that's good advice. That's advice that I have also. Um, one of the things that I've thought about is that um, lots of people, I guess the, the vision that people see of, of people with MS is is that they're in a wheelchair. Oh, yes, yeah. And one thing that, you know, there, there may be a wheelchair in my future and I have a scooter today, but I also walk today and it's yeah. also 38 years since I was diagnosed. So, yeah. so um, yeah. I worked up until the last two years. So the fact that you have MS doesn't mean that you have to stop working. You've That's been working right. all the yeah. way through, yeah, uh, part time, but you, you still keep working and and yeah. doing what you can to contribute to society and to make money yeah. for yourself. Um, so, you know, it's not it's not a death sentence. It's it's 
it's not good news <laughs> to be diagnosed yeah. with MS, but it's not a death sentence either. And most people that have MS, in my opinion, I'm sure that there are studies that can verify this, but by far the majority of people aren't in wheelchairs. Many of them are working. Many of them are working full time. Yeah. Um, so just because well, you have it doesn't mean you have to stop. Yeah. Well, now that they have these special therapy drugs out for these people that are young and newly diagnosed, it, it, it puts it into remission for quite some time for them, which helps. But when we were diagnosed years ago, there wasn't anything. That's right. You know, they just had you know, prednisone or solumedrol. That was it. That's all they had for us. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, but That's we nice. still seem to manage. We still are here. <laughs> <laughs> we have. We have. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the message of talking to someone who's who's had ms for a while like you or i is you know just because you're 20 and you you're diagnosed or you're 24 and you're diagnosed doesn't mean that you're not going to live to be 60. yeah that's right <laughs> um yeah. so Grace, how would you say, what are your thoughts about COVID-19 relative to MS? How has it affected you and what are your thoughts on that? Well, how, how it has affected me is I used to go to uh, a chair Zumba class and a yoga at the general hospital. And since the, with the coronavirus, everything has been canceled. So now you have to find exercises to do at home now, which is not as good because you're used to seeing people all the time and now you've got to do it on your own and you know you don't have the incentive to do it when you know you're going to a class so um yeah that's what I find and I mean I'm not seeing a lot of my friends in that too because we're kind of home bugged now with all of this going on we can't go anywhere yeah yeah and um I had talked to my general physician about, like, if, the, if there'll be a vaccine available, would you suggest to be getting it? And he says, well, you come see me first before you have the vaccine. So, I mean, I guess what we have to do is we have to wait and see how the population is of when they start giving, administering this vaccine how it's going to be for everyone. But I don't know, with us, with being M with MS, you know, we have a chronic illness to begin with. So I don't know. I mean, the MS connects us. We should get the vaccine. So yeah. right away, I would wait till probably summertime before I would even think of getting it. Yeah. Right. I mean, we just try to stay safe and wash our hands and... <laughs> Don't don't go into many crowds, you know. Right, right. And and then with the Christmas season, I mean, we're all going to miss out and getting together with family and friends. Yeah. So I find that kind of hard, but we all have to be safe. So. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard a theory that that in some ways people with MS are more we're more prepared for. The coronavirus than other people because our immune because, mean, you mean our, because our immune system is already well, our immune system is compromised already 
No, more because we've learned to deal with uncertainty. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so, that's yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah. So just hold on a second, Grace. I'm going to cut a piece out of here. I think I'm going to let my wife know that I'm doing this. What were we talking about? Um, well, we're talking about the coronavirus and how, uh, uh, now I forget what you said it to. <laughs> how we might be more prepared having done Yeah, how we, uh, we might, yeah, we are more prepared for it. Yeah. 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 Well, I was saying that, uh, like with our immune systems are compromised as it is. So maybe, maybe we're not prone to getting the virus. I don't know. No. Yeah, I mean, if anything, our immune systems are overact, over, overact, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there might yeah. be a case that we'd be better protected. Yeah, um, maybe. Well, okay, that'd be a plus for us. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you and I both connect, both attended parts of the MS Connect conference. Yes. It's going to put in a in something here for our listeners. We've had some conversations here about the Glen Rose and about um, places that you've been that were, were near Edmonton. We're we're actually recording this in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, okay. I know we have we have listeners all over the world. So that put, the Glen Rose is a is a hospital in the city of Edmonton that does a lot of work for rehabilitation of stroke victims and, and various kinds of illnesses. Um, so that's where where those references come from. If you're not in our area, obviously they might not mean anything to you. But so I thought I'd put that in. Um, and I can't remember why I started what I was going to say after that. Um, That's just our cognitive thinking. <laughs> <laughs> not a, not as quick as as I was thirty years ago, but that how much of that is is MS and how much of that is age is a yeah I think so question. yeah we're both in that same boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which comes up which brings up another topic um, that's kind of related in, in that. When you have a debilitating disease like MS um, and you see a doctor and you have a new symptom, have you, find, have you found that doctors tend to say, oh, that's your MS rather than, than checking it out in case it wasn't? Uh, I've, I haven't had that come across me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that I've well, that I'm careful of, and this could be in the category of advice for people who are newly diagnosed, is just because something is wrong and it could be related to MS, I always uh, advocate for myself and and insist that my doctors check out what else it could be, because yes. you know if you have the flu. You can have the flu and have MS, and MS didn't cause the flu. That's right, um, yeah. But you can also have uh, restless leg syndrome and and MS, and it might not be 
that MS caused it. But you can also have spasticity that's part of MS that is this very similar to restless leg syndrome in terms of the, what I experienced with it. And so I always want to make sure and find out, well, how would you treat me if I didn't have MS? Let's see if that works. Yeah. And if it does, if it works, then that's good. And if it doesn't, well, maybe it is related to MS. Mm. So maybe that's just a soapbox that I that I stand on frequently. Well, I know uh, it was about a month and a half ago, like I think I had mentioned it at our MS meetings. I had like my leg was collapsing inwards and I, I was pretty sure it's with my MS, but I wasn't positive, but I had had a meeting, a virtual meeting with my neurologist. You know, that's another thing with this coronavirus, I can't go and see him. So you can't see how my walking is. So I didn't like, but he just told me, oh, well, we, we may need a brace or whatever, but you need to go to the Chris program at the university, but I'm still on a waiting list. And I went on my own and I thought, well, I'm just going to go see my physiotherapist that I seen like two years ago. So that's where I went. And he's put me um, these exercises for knee and hip. And also he was giving me a TENS machine was put on my knee. And since I've been going, it's almost two months and what an improvement. So, I mean, sometimes you just have to find your own way of figuring out how to manage some of these things. So I thought I'll just do it on my own. Cause I, by the time I get to with with this coronavirus, you can't go any place, you know, like a lot of these doctors aren't seeing you any, you right. can't go to these massage therapy places and not so I thought well I'll just try the physiotherapist and he was glad that I came yeah and it's been very helpful so the neurologist wouldn't see you but the physiotherapist would yeah well because he's he's out of the university and he was not seeing any patients he wasn't taking any patients in because with the coronavirus right yeah they're not bringing in anybody into the K clinic so yeah but the physiotherapist yeah he's seen me yeah hmm. so the K Clinic is a, an yeah, a clinic in Edmonton that has the, what do they call it? The MS Clinic is in the K Clinic, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and the MS Clinic actually brings neurologists and other treatment people that deal with MS together in one place. Uh, so, MS Connect. You attended several sessions with it. Yeah, I just didn't see the first one building on progress in MS research. The first one with Dr. Ant. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know I have it. I know I have a tape, but I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet because I've been busy ice fishing <laughs> for the last four <laughs> days. Hey, so, some things are more important. Well, no, because the weather is nice outside, so it is going to get colder. So, yeah. Yeah. But I found the one that uh, was very, very interesting is the one about exercise is good for brain health and repair of brain lesions. That I right. didn't know. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. So I got to keep up with the exercise for <laughs> as sure. much as possible. For sure. Yeah. And, and one of the things that they said in that session was that um, cardio exercise yes. is better for, yeah. for that yeah. than and weight yeah. Um, yeah. strength yeah. building exercise. Yeah. 
Um, well, I still I think you have to have a little bit of both, but yeah. The, you do, you do, but yeah. in terms of of uh, making your brain more ready to adapt. That's correct. It's the cardio that seems to have more effect. Yeah. Yeah. Any anything else from the MS from from MS Connect that you thought was um, useful or important? I'm just looking at my MS thing here right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she asked if she had about nutrition and that. Yeah, because you see they were saying nutrition. Okay, now yeah, they have all these different diets out there. Well, I think you just have to follow the Canada food guide. And uh, but all these other diets, I don't they don't agree with having those kind of diets for people with MS. Because they're cutting a lot of your stuff that you really do need. Right. And and what they what I got out of it was that people might advertise it as a cure. Yeah. A diet as a cure, but no diet is a cure. No. And that um, diets that are meant for specific things um, might be good for you if you have those things, but if you don't, then, you know, like, like a gluten-free diet, if you have an issues with dealing with wheat yeah. um then then go on that diet but don't go on it just because. 100 percent, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah still yeah one thing i did get out of the the diet which is kind of a more general thing and maybe it ties in with the canada food guide as well is um i'm being careful with salt sugar and saturated fats because those are three things that that discussion yeah. highlighted as now we all knew that right <laughs> we knew yeah. that before. but but just but just to follow it because sometimes yeah. i don't follow too closely either yeah, yeah. And, and that was something that i thought about too is uh, okay i could i could go on a design my own diet and almost eliminate those things and i've done that kind of thing before but it didn't last for very long yeah. <laughs> so what I started to do was to look for, okay, well, how can I not eliminate, but how can I improve what I'm doing right now? So um, things like I'm not going to, I'm not going to eliminate potato chips from my life. There's something that I enjoy. And, and yeah. when we're sitting around in the evening, we sometimes have some potato chips, but mm -hmm. if I have, if we do that, you know, one Daily. less time in a month, <laughs> yeah. and that's an improvement. Yeah, that's um, great. Something that's easier, we we sometimes have this meal where we we take toast and then then we put a put our put eggs and and a sauce on yeah. top of the toast. Well, we all, would always butter the toast before we put the sauce on it, but you don't really taste the butter. So mm -hmm. that's an easy way to eliminate one serving of saturated yeah. fats. Um, so I'm looking for things, things like that to, to try and focus on those three things. And and what I found useful about the MS Connect was that um, it actually showed scientific evidence to to support the fact that reducing those things would would help and would help for people with MS, not just would help in general. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anything else from 
from MS Connect that you for for our listeners, MS Connect is a is a conference that is usually held each year in in Canada. It's run by the MS Society of Canada, and usually they go across and have have a two days or an evening and a day in each, in each of the major cities across Canada. And this year, because of COVID, they did it online um, in a video conference format, and actually. That's something that I'm curious. Did did you find the the online format um, better or worse, and in what ways, if you did? Then I find the online was a lot better because when you go to the conference thing, it's like a day, well, an evening, like Friday evening, and then all day Saturday, and by you know how our fatigue level is by the end of the day when you're sitting that long you're very tired by the end of the day and this way when they had it like for six days a little bit each day and I mean you could still do other things during the day but I found that more beneficial that way I I, well, I haven't filled out my survey yet but I think they should have that virtual MS thing all the time right you know because and then this way and then in this way when they've got it recorded you can go back and review what you know you've missed that day when they had the actual meeting you can right. go the next day and uh, review what you've missed because I mean my shorthand I'm not I never took shorthand in school so I can't write very fast <laughs> so this way you can go back and pick up things that you may have missed when the actual recording was done you know so when you can see it back right yeah you know, right you know. so you you think that's more important than missing out on the contact with the with people well they can have both of them <laughs> <laughs> or, or 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 interchange them and one year have that and have one year have the conference i don't know okay, no. okay. yeah yeah I, I have a similar experience i enjoyed i didn't think i would and um i i've i've not attended some other conferences or that that I would otherwise have attended because I, the main reason that I attend them is to have the interaction with the people that are there. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I thought that they did a good job of was they, they, some of the sessions were, were someone presenting material and a question and answer session afterwards, but then some of them were more of a social discussion. And that was, I think their attempt to, to try and, and simulate the, conversations that you would have at a conference in the lineup for the food or right. sitting around a table with a bunch of people that you may might not never have, have met yeah before. yeah um and I, I was skeptical as to how that would work but i actually found it worked fairly well um and and i haven't done my survey for the conference either but i like the fact that that in some cases they broke up the session so that they were in smaller groups right because yeah um, and some of them, they were kind of, um, there were almost too many people there to, to get feedback from everybody and to, uh, to get the value out of, out of it. And I, yeah. I, at one point I thought, well, it's kind of random. Like, how do they pick who, what group they put you in? But if you think about it, when you go to a conference, it's pretty random what, who's sitting at your table with you. So that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So either yeah. way, it's a, it was a good, it was a pretty good, uh, other than 
actually being there was a pretty good way of of kind of capturing that experience in my opinion yeah. I only sat on one of the uh, sessions. I didn't, uh, I, and I didn't sit in the one with the individuals between nineteen to thirty-nine years. I think that kind of this was not in our category. So it wasn't in our category, but I went anyway. And you I went. And only, how was I it? I wasn't the only oldster. <laughs> oh, you weren't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it well, was pretty. It was actually pretty good because it, for me, it highlighted the fact that there are issues that. that don't really impact me in the same way as someone newly diagnosed in some Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah. I mean, they have to deal with questions like, am I going to be able to find someone like if you're single, am I going to mm -hmm. be able to find someone who will accept me? Oh, the way I am. Yeah. The way I okay. am with, with this disease. And there yeah. were some, some, they, they were mostly success stories in terms of, you know, at some point in time when they were in a relationship, they had to let the person know what they were dealing with. And, and most, in most cases, the, the stories that they told were that people accepted that not all cases. And mostly yeah. what the advice for people was, well, if, the person that you're interested in isn't going to accept this. Do you really want them? Yeah. In your life. So that was a different thing. And then, you know, the whole thing about marriage and, and childbearing and child rearing. Um, those are questions that, you know, I'm 62. I'm not going <laughs> to be having any kids <laughs> to deal with. Um, so they have some different issues that, that they need a place to to talk about like like yeah. we have our our community group um but many are young people get into to either community groups or other kinds of events that um are full of people that are much older than them so they they need a place just like we do to yeah talk about things that that impact them that are different than what impact us that's right. Yeah. So that kind of a session group was good. It was beneficial for them then. Yeah. And, and that everyone seemed to be really excited about it and engaged. And they actually, I saw a lot of people making contacts, sharing their contact information on the chat so that oh, okay. people could okay. get in touch later. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the last sessions that I saw and, and it was, um, <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that sooner so that I could have, could have, uh, tried to get in touch with people that were in the other sessions that oh okay yeah to, but that was good um yeah. the other the other session did you see the session about how to assess studies which session was that it was a one of the ones near the it was the last day actually and it was a number oh, oh, of you mean on saturday it was there was a number oh. of speakers and, well, living well with MS. Yeah, and one of them spoke. Actually, the moderator also spoke about looking at studies and how to figure out whether you should change your life based on a study, which I thought was was kind of helpful. In that, uh, you know, many people hear, "Oh, this study says this," and therefore go do this, and it was a way to 
to look at the study and look at how it was done so that you could tell whether it was something that you should you should base changes in your life on um, or something that needed a lot more study. <laughs> um, so as an example, you know, studies that so show show certain things in mice that a certain certain nutrient or additive or supplement helped people in or helped mice in in their experience with something like MS is a long way from saying that you should go and, and pay money to buy that supplement. Uh, whereas more scientifically done studies and more the more studies there are um, there's kind of a range of different levels of assurance that you can have but it was worth if you haven't watched it it'd be worth worth uh going back and looking at that if you're interested in that kind of thing was that the one that was on sunday oh, on saturday sorry i think it was i don't have the schedule in front of me yeah, well, because um, I have the one living well with MS that had the four people on the panel. Yeah, it, it was That's one the of one? it was one of the four that was spoke. Okay, that maybe spoke one about. I wasn't listening too closely with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the mo the moderator of that session actually did a did a a presentation during the session. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'll I'll just have to go back. And yeah. check on it yeah. yeah but yeah i i just found the conference the, the lms connect it was very well done and very well and the speakers were were really good you know i mean i picked up a few things from each of the speakers right so, yeah right so that's part of the messages too i think for people is to continue to learn about it stuff's changing that's right. Yeah. Um, well, even ourselves, I mean, sure, we've, 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 we've had it for a long time, but maybe someday they will have something for secondary progress that will, we will qualify for. Right. But and there were studies, there were studies, they're doing studies that are in the early stages. Yeah. Or actually regenerating myelin. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. That's mm. what, I, I think that's what my neurologist was saying to, yeah. you know, yeah. So, because so I know that, there was one, yeah, because there was one study my my neurologist said to me about a year ago that I would have been a good candidate for it, but he couldn't get the funding from the MS Society. Really? Yeah. So yeah, so he couldn't mm -hmm. do it. But he said I was a good candidate for it. He says, you know, Grace, you're always you always candidate. You always volunteer for a lot of these things. I said, yeah, because I don't give up. You know, I'm right. I'm hoping someday there will be something that will help us. Right. Yeah. Even if, even if we can't help our, if we won't get something that will help ourselves, if we get someone that will help someone. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the younger age group there, you know, they, they, they extend their life. You know, I mean, sure, we've, we've done quite well since we've had it. So, yeah. But, yeah. That's a good message to leave off on. Yeah. That's right, well. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So do you have yeah. any kind of final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, just keep trucking and don't give up on, you know, I know we have MS, but uh, you just keep a positive attitude, you know, 
there's that's all we can do yeah because if you take negative i think that's when people tend to go uh, uh, go downwards because i know a few people from our ms group years ago they had a negative attitude about things and they went downhill right so if you got a positive attitude it'll you go a long ways right i hear you i i qualify that with we don't know that those people went downhill because they had a negative attitude. Yeah, well, it could be a combination of both. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I had a, my my husband's auntie there. She she was negative. She was diagnosed same time as me, but I mean, she was a lot older, and uh, she 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 was she was so negative right from the start. She had no positive attitude towards things. If you do have a negative attitude, you send, tend to go like you don't you have no, I don't know, drive to do anything, you no. Know? Right. But if you have a drive, you you will try as much as you can to keep going. Right. And if you try as much as you can, you'll succeed more than you would have if you hadn't tried. That's correct. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say from the first. <laughs> well, you kind of said it, but. <laughs> yeah. You just helped me along. Yeah. yeah. But I just like to let people know that if people um, want to share their experiences like Grace did in this podcast, you can reach out to contact at ownmultiplesclerosis.ca. I'm not sure if it's CA or COM. Um, we'll, we'll get that out to you. And just let us know, and, and we can arrange to share your story in a future episode of YEGMS.